Today's daf is Kiddushin daf Ayin Vav. We're in the last week of Seder Nashim. We have Mitzvah uh, Hashem and Zos Chanukah. We'll make uh, we'll make a sim on Seder Nashim. We'll finish Mitzvah Kiddushin and Seder Nashim along with it. Okay, we uh, we left off on Daf Ayin Hey and Beis. Today's Daf Daf Ayin Vav, but we left off on Daf Ayin Hey and Beis. We're in the middle of discussing a brisa that the Gemara quoted on the bottom of Ayin Hey and Aleph, where it said V'chein Omer Rabbi Elazar V'chein Rabbi Elazar Omer Kuti Lo Yisa Kutis that a Kuti is not allowed to marry a Kutis. So we've had different suggestions as to why a Kuti cannot marry a Kutis. We're going to have a total of six suggestions. We learned the first three yesterday. We're about twelve lines before the end of the page. Ella Key is the last words on the line, and this is going to be suggestion number four. Why is it that Akuti is not allowed to marry Akutis? So says the Gemara. Ella Key also Rav and Amr Rabbi Chibarav, Amr Rabbi Yochan, Rami La, Amr Rabbi Avbar Zivda, Amr Rabbi Chanina, Rami La, Amr Rabbi Yaakov Baridi, Amr Rabbi Shabalevi. Right, a Rabbi says that Shalosh Machlokas Bedaver that there are three uh, three ways to understand a particular pasuk, and based on three ways to understand a particular pasuk, one of those ways is going to shed light on why Akuti cannot marry Akutis in Rabbi Elazar's opinion. That's going to be the third way of understanding the Pasuk. So we're about to quote three different Pshatim in what the history of the Kutamar based on uh, based on Pshat and the Pasuk. And, uh, and, and the third way of understanding it is going to shed light on our issue of why it is that Akuti cannot marry Akutis. <laughs> So Rabbi Shmuel Savar Kutim Geria Rayo Sein Mekadim Shnitul Bem Kadim Sulmayu. Rabbi Shmuel holds this is the first pshat that the Kutim are Geria Rayo to the Kohanim, meaning they were not they were not sincere Gerim. They only became Gerim because of fear, uh, fear of lions, and uh, because of that Kohanim that were and, and also happens to be although some are related. Kohanim that got mixed in with them were Kohanim Sulim. Shnemar, how do I know that the Kohanim that got mixed in with them were Kohanim Sulim? Pasuk says, V'yasulahem miktsosam kahane bamos. What does it mean, miktsosam? So, V'amurava v'avrachana, Amurabi Yochran, min ha'kotsim shaba'am. From the thorns in the nation. Umishamachi paslinu. So they're apostle because they were all Geri Arayos. And even the Kohanim that got mixed in with them were Kohanim Psulim. They were the thorns of the Kohanim. Rashi says another Pshad is another uh, possibility of Lashon Muktzinhein. That the Muktza ones, the ones that were uh, that, that were set aside from the rest of the nation because they were apostle. Those are the Kohanim that married into they married into the Kutim. Um, so Umishamachi paslinu. That's why they're apostle. Rabbi Akiva Savar, the second opinion. Kutim Geri Emesay. No, the Kutim were sincere Gerim. The Kohanim Shnitben. Kohanim Ksherim Ayu, the Kohanim that got mixed in with the Kutim, were in fact Kohanim Ksherim. Shedem Ravayasalem Ktsosam Kanebamu. Same Pasuk, but this Pasuk is telling us that the Kohanim were Kohanim Ksherim. But somehow this Pshad is telling us that the Kohanim were Kohanim Ksherim. How? How so? Where do you see from that Pasuk that they were Ksherim? Vamar Rabba Babrachan, Amar Yochran, Mina Bechirim Shabaam, where the Gersan Asai is Mina Katsinim. Right, better to go with the side Gersan because we're trying to explain the word Miktsosam. So Katsinim is probably the word we want to use. So from the uh, from the best ones, from the choicest of, uh, of, of, of the nation, those are the Kohanim that got mixed in. Well, wait a second. According to this opinion, according to Rabbi Akiva, that the Kutim were sincere Gerim, and the Kohanim who married them were only the best of the Kohanim. 
So why did Chazal uh, Aser marrying Kutim? There should be no problem whatsoever then. If uh, everything was great, they were all wonderful. So the answer is Gemara. They had one interesting Pesach Halacha, and that is that although normally the Halacha is by Yibum, if a woman's husband dies, whether she's only in Arusa, she only had Arusin, or whether she's in Nesua, when her husband dies, she requires Yibum or Chalitza. Otherwise, she's an Isserlav, she's a Yavamal which is an Isserlav for anyone to marry. However, the Kutim held that only when a girl was still in Arusa would she need Yibam or Chalitza. Once she already had Nisuin with her husband, and then her husband died, so and they had no children, she would not even need Yibam or Chalitza, they would automatically be Matya her. So that's where the Yichas of the Kutim problems arose, according to Rabbi Akiva. They were Matya Yavam Lashuk, Keseder, that's what they did. They, their Pesach their Batei Din, would be Matya Yavam Lashuk. So they were Yisuri Lavin all over the place, and we know what Rabbi Akiva holds about the uh, the, the child that comes as a result of a union of Yisuri Lavin, Rabbi Akiva holds that even with the, that with Yisuri Lavin, the children are mamzerim. So that's going to cause major yichus problems. So my darshi, why would they have such a strange psak? What drasha could they possibly have made to arrive at this psak halacha that uh, this this erroneous psak halacha that if a woman was in a sewer already that she wouldn't need yibum marchalitza? So the darshi in the pasuk follows: Lasiya eisha sameis hakutsa leishzar. This is the isra of Yavam Lashuk, right? The Torah tells us the wife of the deceased man should not go to some, should not just be allowed to marry any any guy. So, so they darshan, what's the word? Chutza. Only a woman who's already sitting on the outside, meaning she, she has not yet been in her husband's home, because she's still only in Arusa. That's where there's an isra. That she's not allowed to marry an Ishzar. But a woman who's not Yosef Chutza, a woman who's already in her husband's house, she's already in a sua, so she's allowed to marry an Ishzar. So the Rishonim pointed out, we were actually learning in the uh, Mishnayis and Brachos recently, that this discussion about Kutub was about their initial Gerus, but later on, later on it became clear that they uh, they had turned bad because they, they had discovered that the Kutim were, uh, were, were worshipping a Demus Yonah, that they found that the Kutim were, were worshipping uh, an idol that was uh, the image of a, uh, of a dove. That's what Mishnah Bracha says. Mishnah in the 8th parak of Bracha says that if a Kuti makes a Bracha, you're not supposed to answer a main to the Bracha unless you heard the entire Bracha from beginning to end. Because if you heard the beginning of the Bracha, you could hear the Barachat HaShem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam part. So you know that he's making the Bracha to the same person you're making the Bracha to. But if you don't hear the beginning of the Bracha, you only hear the end of the Bracha, so you don't know who he's, uh, who he's making a Bracha to. You might be making a bracha to the Demasyona, so you're not allowed to answer I mean, after uh, after such a bracha. But anyway, that's so. So that is uh, Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Rabbi Akiva Tamein. This is Rabbi Akiva Shitasa. Yesh That there's going to be mamzerus problems over here, and that's why the kutim are uh, are aser, even though they were gereyemes, and even though the kohanim married in were perfectly kosher good kohanim, but still they this one sakalacha that they got wrong is going to cause all sorts of mamzerus issues. The 
in the third opinion, and this is again the one that's going to matter to us, because we're still trying to explain why a kuti can't marry a kutis, why they can't marry each other. So they're not so careful about mitzvos. So man yeshomrim, who's the yeshomrim that says that kutim are not so careful about mitzvos? Amar Ravidi Baravin, Rabbi Eliezer. He it's Rabbi Eliezer. Ditanya, because we learned in the Bryce of Matzos Kuti Muteres, Vaadam Yotzei Ba'idei Chavasim Pesach. That Tanakama holds, you're allowed to eat the matzah of a kuti, and you could fulfill your mitzvah on Pesach with the matzah of a kuti. Your mitzvah of matzah can be fulfilled by eating the matzah of a kuti. But for Rabbi Eliezer Oser, Lefishein Bekim Vitukduke Mitzvos. It's Rabbi Eliezer who says that you may not use the matzah of a kuti because they're not so careful of mitzvos and. The matzah might be chametz, and uh, therefore it's not good for the mitzvah. Not only is it not good for the mitzvah, it's aser. It might be chametz, it's aser to eat at all on Pesach. So we're assuming, like, like Rabbi Eliezer, that they're not so careful of mitzvahs. So Rabbi Eliezer says, Nah, kal mitzvah she'achzikah b'akutim harbe medaktim g'aliyosim yisrael. Halavai, we should be as good about our, uh, about the mitzvahs as the kutim are about those mitzvahs that they uh, chose to follow. I mean, whatever mitzvahs they actually choose to follow, they're very, very careful in. So uh, if, if they choose to follow the mitzvah of matzah, you can trust that that, that matzah is going to be really good. It's not going to be, there's not going to be any problems with that, with that matzah. Whatever mitzvah so they choose to do, they're very good at. But the bottom line is, what does that have to do with us? Again, we're trying to figure out why is it a kuti can't marry a kutis. So, so, um, so what is the fact that they're not beki and b'tiktuke mitzvos, that they're not so careful about mitzvos, have to do with yichus? So what's the, uh, what, what's the relevance over here? L'fishein bekim b'toros kiddushin v'gerishin. A very big relevance, very major relevance. The fact that they're not beki and b'toros kiddushin v'gerishin. They're not so good at, uh, at the halachas of kiddushin and gerishin, so you can have all sorts of, uh, of, yichus, of yichus issues. Um, the uh, so th- that was answer number four in the Gemara as to what the problem was with the Kutim. Now, just parenthetically, um, a couple of points. Tosos over here, Matzas Kuti Mutaris, on the idea that that the Tanakhama says a matza of a Kuti matza of a Kuti is okay, and Rabbi Lazar says absolutely not. So Tosos over here asks, wait a second, everyone agrees that the Kutim were not careful about Lifnei Velosit and Michshal. So if Kutim were not careful about Lifnei Velosit and Michshal, so granted, I hold that the matza the Kuti eats might be mutter, might be perfect, because maybe the mitzvahs that they do, the medaktik, better than we are, good. So when he eats his own matzah, he'll be extremely careful. But he gives me matzah to eat? What does that have to do? How can I trust? The kutim are not careful about lifni either. He'll give me chazer shmalt to eat. He doesn't care. He'll give me whatever. It doesn't, doesn't matter to him. So it tells us at the end of to, the top Tosa says, V'nira, That's if he eats with you from that same matzah. Right, because otherwise you know you'll say the chiyuv because the kutim don't hold of the iser of the vnei velosit in mukshal. Could be they held of the iser, they just took it literally. Right, it could be they held that the iser is that you're not allowed to put a stumbling block in front of a blind person, but there's no iser to actually uh, cause another person to do an avera. It's a shail in uh, the achronim. According to us, our understanding of lifnei in mukshal. So do we do we understand that the Isra of Lifni Velosit and Mikshal is only an Isra of giving bad advice or causing someone to do an Isra? What if you actually put a stumbling block in front of a blind person? So I think there's Mikhaskinoch, a Kliakar, about whether you actually put whether actually putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person is a violation of Lifni Velosit and Mikshal. Certainly not a nice thing to do, right? It's certainly uh the Haftal Recha Kamocha it's not. 
right? But it's uh, but is it a technical violation of uh, of lufnei velositem lichshol? That's the uh, one of the more fascinating discussions in the Yachbarim. Can you have such thing? Is that a violation of the rule if you say that it doesn't know, that lufnei velositem lichshol is not violated when you put a stumbling block in front of a blind person? Is that a violation? Is that is that a violation of the rule that 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 ain't pshuto that the pasha pshat of chumish? Is always uh, is always correct. See, by Navi we say that very often the Pasha Pshat is allegory because in the Vim we're given allegorically. But Chumash we have a rule in in Pshuto that it wasn't given allegorically. Chumash was given uh, as to be understood as is. So is it is do you is do you ever get a, a to a point where you say you know what this is so obvious that uh, that it means more than just the uh, the Pasha Pshat that the Pasha Pshat is not the Pasha Pshat like uh, that's that's the uh, that's the discussion about the, uh, the Ramam and the Ravid about Begarza Avim Keves. The Ramam writes that there's not going to be any difference between Olam Azad and Yimos Mashiach, El Shibur Malchios Mulvad, that the Minhago Shalolam, all the way the world runs and the Teva of the world is going to be maintained during the times of Mashiach. Um, and all those Psukim that talk about uh, supernatural things happening, they're all allegory. Right, they're all uh, they're all referring to something else. Garza Avim Keves means that a wolf is going to lie with the lamb, is going to live with the lamb. That means that the nations of the world that normally are after us, like wolves, are going to live with our with with us in peace. We the peaceful little lamb, they're going to live with us in peace. They're not going to attack us. But all the natural order of the world is all going to uh, to, to to remain the same. So the Ravid over there says, "What do you mean?" says the Ravid. In the Torah it says. In the Torah, it says that 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 uh, that that, 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 uh, that they will that uh, that the lamb and the uh, and the wolf will live uh, peacefully. So how can Vishpati Chayyim in Aretz? But Vishpati Chayyim in Aretz, where it says that all uh, evil animals are going to be taken away from the land. That's in the Torah. So uh, so how do you explain that one? So what the Rama means, explains. I'm sorry, what the Ravid means is not. I, how are you going to come up with an allegory for that one? It's easy to come up with an allegory for it. But what the Raven means is, allegory is fine for Navi, but it says this one in the Torah. It says this one in the Chumash. So the Ravurin Ragaliyos explains that the Rambam would say, yeah, granted, but sometimes Pashat Pshat of Pasuk and Chumash is not the simple meaning of the words is not the simple translation of the words. The Pashat Pshat is something deeper. And when the Torah says Vishpati in Aretz, it means the Pashat Pshat. It means that the evil nations are going to be taken away. They're not going to. Uh, they're not going to rule over us. That's what. That's the Pashat Pshat. So anyway, so that that that's the issue. Part of the issue over here. Also, Rashi over here points out. That what does it mean to be Yotze the mitzvah? I mean, it sounds like you're saying, Tanakama sounded like he's saying two things. That matzah bakuti is mutter, and you could be Yotze the mitzvah with it on Pesach. Why are those two different things? If it's mutter, shouldn't you automatically be Yotze the mitzvah with it on Pesach? So Rashi says, no. The mitzvah on Pesach, you need Shmura matzah. It's not good enough just to have matzah, you need Shmura matzah. What is Shmura matzah? Says Rashi, Shimur l'shem mitzvah. You need it to have been watched l'shem mitzvah. So that's a big discussion in Rishonim. Rashi over here in Pesachim Adaf Mem says that the mitzvah of Shmira is not just Shmira Michimutz, 
which is Rambam. The Rambam holds that Shmira means only Shmira Michimutz. All you have to do with Shmatamesamatos only requires that you have to watch it to make sure it didn't become Chametz. The Rash says, no, you need more than that. You need, shm- you need Shmira um, L'Shem Mitzvah. And his Raya is from the Gemara Pesachim Adaf Lamed Ches. The Gemara says that you can't be Yotze, your Mitzvah of Matzah, with the Chalos Toda and the Rikike Nazir, which are all Matzos. Why? Because they weren't made L'Shem Mitzvah's Matzah. But uh, even though we know for sure that those matzos are matzos, they're not chametz. But since they weren't made the shame mitzvahs matzah, so you can't be yotze yichiv on Pesach. What do you see? That you need shmira l'shma. That it's important that the shmira not just be done to watch out that it not become chametz, but you need shmira l'shma. You need to in, in, inject a sense of l'shma in the uh, making of the matzos. And that's the question in the, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that some of the Yechronim raised. Is it okay to have a guy make the matzah with a Jew, Omer al-Gabba, with a Jew watching it? So uh, on the one hand, the Jew can watch, make sure it doesn't become chametz. But the guy can't, in, 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 but the person making the matzah is a guy. He can't infuse a sense of lishma into the uh, into the matzah unless you say it's not the making that needs to be done lishma. It's the shmira that needs to be done lishma. In which case, it's no problem anyway because the uh, the Jew is doing is doing the uh, the shmira. But anyway, that's that's uh, part of the discussion. The other issue with shmira matzah, of course, is for, at what point in the process shmira is required. The Rambam is the most strict that you need shmira mishas ktsira. Now, but again, the Rambam is very lenient in what kind of shmira you need. You only need shmira that it not be uh, that it not become chametz. But uh, the the rush holds that uh, watching is only needs to be done from the time of tchina, from the time that you grind it into flour, because that's logical. That's the first time it could ever become chametz. Again, that's assuming that the shmira is uh, so that it doesn't become chametz. And then there's shultas revachaygo, and that it's only shmir mishas lisha, because when it comes into contact with water, that's when you need to really be extra special, extra special careful. Okay, and we know that uh, the mitzvah of eating shmir matzah is certainly on the first night of Pesach at the Seder, and there's a discussion, some are machmir, to eat the, uh, the rest of Pesach as well. Shmir matzah, probably based on the gra, that the gra holds that although the chiv to eat matzah is on the first night of Pesach, there is a mitzvah kiyumis to eat matzah throughout the, the rest of Pesach as well. Okay, anyway, back to our topic. So the Gemara is discussing, how do I know Kuti is not allowed to marry a Kuti? So answer number five. Various mamzerim got mixed into the Kutim. Various mamzerim who were results of, of, of unions that were chayave krisos, like people marrying their sister, or people marrying an Eshes Ach, their brother's wife, that those mamzerim, the results of those unions, got mixed in with them, and that caused all sorts of yichus problems, and therefore they can't even marry each other. So, what's the chiddush over here? Yesh mamzerim chayavikrisos. What the whole chiddush is that when two chayavikrisos marry each other, they create mamzerim problems. Nisni chadu. Why do you have to give two examples? A guy marries his sister, a guy sleeps with his sister, and a guy sleeps with his brother's wife. They're both chayavikrisos. So that's both the same. Just give one example. That's true. If we were teaching halacha, we could have given one example. We're also just telling you what happened. We're saying that the, when this is the problem with the kutim, this is what happened with them, and both actually happened. Both kinds of mamzerim actually got mixed in. The Rav Amar answer number six, our final answer: Eved v'shivcha Why can't kutim marry each other? Because Avadim and Shvachos got mixed in with them. So Yisur Mishamai, which is which one is the problem? The fact that the Eved married married into them, or the fact that Shvachos married into them? 
Mishum Shivcha. Clearly, the problem is the Shivcha, because the Yichus of the mother is the issue over here. So Nisni Chada. So why do you have to tell me that an Eved got mixed into them also? If the main Yichus problem is only the Shivcha, why even mention the Eved? So Gemara says again, Again, we're reporting what actually happened, and what actually happened is that it wasn't just the Shivcha. The Eved also got mixed in. Okay, new Mishnah. Isha Kohenes. A man is going to marry a woman who's a, who's a Kohenes. If a uh, if a Kohen wants to marry a Kohenes, so um, what he has to do is He needs to really check into her Yichus. By really check into her Yichus, it means he has to check four mothers uh, and their mothers, which would equal a total of eight. So what, what do you mean? A girl only has one mother. What are the Arba Yimel Shein Shmona? So says the Gemara as follows. Says the Mishnah as follows. What does he check? First he checks Ima, her own mother, Ve'imima, and uh, her mother's mother, right? So that's one, that's two, right? Her mother plus her mother's mother. Next he checks Ve'im Avi Ima, the mother of her, of her mother's father, right? So her mother's father's mother, and Ve'ima, and her mother's father's mother's mother. Next set, Ve'im Aviha, her father's mother, Ve'ima, and her father's mother's mother. And then finally, Ve'im Avi Aviha, her father's father's mother, Ve'ima, and her father's father's mother's mother. Also has to be checked into, make sure they're all kosher. If those all check out, and those are all uh, no Yichus problems, and they all check out that they were good enough standing, uh, uh, acceptable Yichus Jews, so then he can marry her. Levia v'Yisraelis mosifra lein odachas, and if he's uh, if it's a levia v'Yisraelis that he's marrying, then uh, where there's less yichus uh, in the less of a high standard of yichus in the families of Levim and Yisraelim, so then he's got to check up another generation. Meaning for each of those cases where we said her mother, we said the four the four women plus their mothers, it's not only plus their mothers, plus their mother's mothers. You go up another generation of, of mothers by Levi of Yisraelis. So it turns out you're doing a lot of checking, right? You're checking your great, great, great grandmother to uh, to, to find out. So, but there are limits, right? We don't check uh, after, once, once a, someone is known to have served on the Mizbech, so it's not necessary to check any further. I mean, that's a simon mufak that the yichus checked out. So, if let's say uh, the girl's mother, uh, the, the girl's mother's brothers were all uh, were all were all serving on the Mizbech, so you don't have to go up the next uh, generation in two and three, right? You assume that uh, they, they were serving on the Mizbech, or they were Levim and they were serving on the Duchan. What does it mean in the Duchan? Rashi says that the Shorashir, they were singing in the Beis HaMikdash. I don't know why he, Dafka, points out the Levim were the Mishorim and not the Mishorim, not the uh, gatekeeper Levim. Mistama, the only difference between the two is that the uh, gatekeepers didn't have as good voices as the, uh, the right, they were probably a little... Uh, Heftier in terms of being able to open gates and stuff, but they were—they did not have their voices were not as good. I don't know why. Uh, I don't think there's any yichus level that they chose the mesharim from a higher level of yichus. But anyway, that's the example Rashi gives from the mesharim. Velomenas Sanhedrin lamala, and also once someone serves in the Sanhedrin, you don't have to check anymore. And also anyone whose fathers were known 
to be officers of the uh, of the tzibur, the gabbai tzedaka, or someone who's a gabbai tzedaka, masin lekuna veitzar kuvdok achrein. That their family can marry off to kuna. You don't have to check any further. Rabbi Yossi Yomar Afmi Shayechasim Eid Be'archei Yishanu Shal Tzipori. Even someone who was signed as an aid in the old courts in Tzipori, they were very careful that the yichus of the people they would use as aidim, so you could trust that that person is perfect yichus. Rabbi Chanin ben Atigin Usomer Afmi Shayemuktav Bistratia Shal Melech. Even someone who was written in the Astratia Shal Melech. The Gemara will explain exactly what that means. The Astratia Shal Melech, but uh, but the, the Gemara will explain it means someone who served in 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 the the armies of the Malchus Beis Davin. That they must have had great great yichus, otherwise they never would have allowed them to serve in the armies. Um, the Tosos points out that we must be talking about this mission. Must be talking about a Kohen who's looking to get married. We're not talking about a Yisrael that wants to marry a Kohenes and that's just interested that the child be kasha lakuna. Because then, even if she was a chalala, the child's kasha lakuna. Because whatever you hold about Pinosi Yisrael, the mikvatar lechalalos. So if the father is uh, fine, so he has nothing to worry about, even if he marries a chalala, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be an issue. Okay, says the Gemara. Why are we only checking mothers? What about fathers? Why don't you check uh, the men in the family also? So the Gemara says something interesting. When women get into fights with each other, and they get into major arguments with each other, and they try to badmouth each other, what do they say about each other? They say she's a prutza. Right? They start saying about how her personal behavior and her uh, personal tzniyas issues, that's what they fight about. So whatever rumors we find out about a woman are only going to be about her personal tzniyas issues. They don't go after each other's families. That's not the way women uh, fight. But when men fight with each other, what does a man call another man? Yamamzer. Right? They go after each other's yichus. They go after each other's families. So, so since when men fight with each other, they're going to spread bad, bad things about each other's families. So whatever dirt there is on, on these families, if this guy ever got into a fight, we, uh, we, we, it's already been investigated. I mean, it's already been, if there's something there, we would know about it by, by a man. But by a woman, we wouldn't necessarily know about it because no one ever brought it up. We know whether she's a prutza or not. We know uh, how she behaves personally. We don't know about her family. No one ever brought it up because when they fight with each other, they don't bring it up. So Gemara, okay, fine. That explains why we don't check the men of her family. What it doesn't explain is Why doesn't she check into him? Why? Meaning we say, when man wants to marry a Kohenes, so the Kohen wants to marry a Kohenes, he should check into her. What about the Kohenes wants to marry the Kohen? Why shouldn't he check into, she check into him? So there's no problem with the kosher kohenes to marry a puzzle. So since there's no issue, they didn't have to do any checking. Ravada Barava taught that it's not like our Mishnah said, where you're checking a total of eight women in her family. You're actually checking a core of four women, but it turns out to be 12 women, because it's these four women plus their mother and their mother's mothers. So you go up two generations. And it's actually 16. You go up another generation. So Bishlam Ravada Barava, I understand very well, Ravada Barava might fit with our Mishnah. 
Mukamla, the Levia Basisol. You can say that we're talking about a Levia and a uh, Basisol, because meaning Ravad Baravo might have been talking about a Levia and Basisol, where Levia Basisol, we'd said, Yitaka do go up another generation by, by the Levia Basisol. El Masnisa, name a Pliga, but maybe the, 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 the Masnisa, which said you check 16 women, that doesn't fit into any part of our Mishnah. The most our Mishnah had by, was by the Levi and the Basisro that you check 12. Where do you ever have checking 16? Well, that's got to be against our Mishnah. So one says, no, lo, my Odachas, Zogachas. When the Mishnah says for the Levi and Basisro you check Odachas, it doesn't mean another generation up, it means another pair of generations up for each of the women. So that's that's going uh, on the Levi and Basisro and assuming that you have another two generations in addition to the first two, and that's why you get a total of 16, because each of the initial four women is her plus her mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother. So that, 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 that's what you're checking into. So you'll end up checking out the great-great-great-great-grandmother uh, to, uh, to marry. So you think uh, the Shidduch world is crazy now with all the checking that goes on. This is uh, even crazier. Am Ravi Damrav. Zudiv Rameir. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion, though. Our whole Mishnah, where you're checking into Yichus, is Rameir. Chum said, no, any family, any Jewish family, you have the right to assume is Becheskos Kashos. They're, uh, they're all assumed to be kosher. You don't have to do any checking. So, But then Rav Chaim Bar say that our Mishnah is talking about when there's an error that went out against uh, this woman's family, meaning that two people came and said that, the, that there's problems in the family. So how could the Chum say that in such a case where there's problems in the family, they don't have to do any checking? There's an error of two people that went around talking about the problems. So how could the Chum possibly say in that situation, you don't have to check? So it says, It's one or the other. Either you hold the Mishnah talking about a case of an error, and that's why we're getting so crazy with the checking, or you hold, and then the Chacham would agree also, or you hold that, no, we're talking about where there's no error, and it's only Rabbi Meir who says you have to do all this checking, but when there's no error, the Chacham would say you don't have to do any checking. But obviously, if there is an error, the Chacham would not say that you don't have to do any checking. The Chacham also would require some checking. Another lashon is that uh, the Mishnah's Rameir of Chamarim Kol Mishpachos v'Cheskos Kashrus Heinomdos. The Cham say any Mishpachos assumed to be kosher. Amar of Cham Barguya Amar Rav Im Kori Alav Irut Sarich Livdo Kachra. But even though the Cham say you don't have to do any checking, if there's an error that goes out, so then you have to be bodek. The Rabban says you have to check a psul chalolin even uh, without an error. But a psul mamzerim, right, he splits the psak. When it comes to uh, um, a psul chalolin, so that you always have to check into. A Kohen wants to get married, you should always check into a psul chalolin, even without any sort of error. But a psul mamzerim, so we assume makirin yisrael mamzerim shebinayim, Jews generally know about the mamzerim in their midst, and therefore unless there's a specific error that goes out, that you do have to check the mamzerim, you wouldn't have to. That's the first tosos on that Mishnah. So on the Mishnah what are you checking for? So Rashi says, You're checking for Mamzerus. Tulsa says, no, that can't be that this discussion about the checking is for Mamzerus. He says, Because the Gemara asks, why doesn't she check into his family? And the Gemara says, yeah, because she's allowed to marry Psulim. Really? She's allowed to marry a mamzer? Meaning if what we're checking for is mamzerus, then the Gemara's suggestion that don't worry, she's allowed to marry Psulim 
doesn't doesn't hold true. She's not allowed to marry a mamzer. So that's why Tosa says lekach tzarich lomer the chashash of the masisnu mishum chalalos avol mishum mamzerus lo shayich chashash klal the makiri saw mamzerus shabinayim. The whole issue is only one of chalalos, but mamzerus it's not it's not there's nothing to talk about when it comes to mamzerus because we assume that we know about the mamzerus issues. But when you're checking, you're checking into chalalos. So the Mishnah said, once someone serves by the Mizbech, you don't need to check any further. If they didn't check into him in the first place, then he never would have been serving on the Mizbech. Fine. Also, once the Levi is singing the, the, the Shir in the base of Migdash, you don't have to check any further. Because they were standing right next to the Sanhedrin. They were singing the Shir right near the Sanhedrin, who were the ones who were in charge of Yichus issues. So, all the ones, so if, if they would have problems with Yichus, they would have been caught already. So that's why the. Uh, that's why uh, they, they, once uh, Levi has been singing the shir uh, in the base of Migdash, you have no problem. Sanhedrin Also, once someone serves on the Sanhedrin, you don't have to check any further. My timer. Why? Just like the basin has to be perfectly righteous, they also can't have any mum. Amar Maremar, Micro, what's the Pasuk? Umum Ein Bach. That you can't have any mum if you're going to serve on the Sanhedrin. So, Ema Mumab Mamish. So, wait a second. We're obviously assuming when we say that once someone serves on the Sanhedrin, you have to check his yichus because it says that he can't have a mum. We're obviously assuming the type of mum that we're talking about is a physical blemish, right? Is a physical mum. So, uh, so uh, I'm sorry, is a uh, yichus mum. So, how do you know it's a yichus mum? Maybe it's a physical mum. Maybe it's just saying that you can't be physically blemished to serve on the Sanhedrin, which is also true, by the way. You can't be physically blemished to serve on the Sanhedrin. So how do I know that it's talking about a mum of yichus, that you can't have any mum in your yichus to serve on the Sanhedrin? That no, that they, that they will sit with you on the basin, it means they are supposed to be similar to you, just like your yichus is good, their yichus has to be good. Any judge's yichus has to be good. Maybe that was a Moshe, but maybe on lesser Sanhedrin, on uh, the Sanhedrin Katana, and on other uh, later future, but they did. Uh, they, they, you don't need uh, you, you don't need them to be perfectly clean of any mum in their yichus. That even when Yisro was suggesting to Moshe to get uh, a court system, he also used the lashon of itach with you, which implies that uh, that, that it's got to be similar to you, meaning that they can't have any any mum in. Right, this idea that you can't have a mum in the Sanhedrin. In the eighth volume of Vigris Moshe, uh, they have a biography of Rav Moshe at the beginning of the eighth volume, and on page thirty-four of that biography, it says that uh, when Rav Moshe uh, was getting older and he needed dentures, uh, so he he wanted them to leave at least two of his natural teeth in his mouth. Because Gemara Bechorostaf Memdalit says that someone who's who's teeth are all taken out, is a Balmum and he can't serve on the Sanhedrin. And Rav Moshe said, Mashiach is going to come, they're going to need me to serve on the Sanhedrin, and I don't want to be puzzled, I don't want to puzzle myself to serve on the Sanhedrin. So he refused to get dentures until they, they worked out a way that they can leave at least two teeth, they tackle left four teeth, so that he would be able to, uh, to serve on the Sanhedrin. To me, that's always an impressive story, not just because he was always thinking Mashiach is going to come, but he was a man that was noted for his anivas, and yet he knew at the same time, as he noted for his anivas, 
he knew Sanhedrin had to be picked. He was, uh, he was likely to, to be picked. Rabbi Temler tells a similar story. I wonder if both could be true. Rabbi Temler in his book, Rabbi Moshe's response, tells a story that when Rabbi Moshe needed a pacemaker, they found that his blood pressure was very unhealthy when he was sleeping. When he was learning and he was awake, when they monitored his blood pressure was fine. But when he would sleep at night, so he needed a, a pacemaker because he had blood pressure problems. So uh, he, he was normally very decisive and did whatever the doctors told him. But for some reason, with this, he was very hesitant and he went days and days without making a decision. So the Talmud said, he went over to him and he said, Shver, this isn't your way. No, you make decisions. What's your decision? Why are you, why are you so hesitant over here? You always uh, listen to the doctors. And he said, I'll tell you the truth, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about becoming a Balmum and not being able to serve in the Sanhedrin. So uh, Rabbi Tanner sat down with him and explained to him the procedure, and he was satisfied that it wouldn't make him Balmum, that uh, the procedure was, was done in such a way that it wouldn't make him Balmum. So he went and he got the, he got the pacemaker. So, uh, but again, that's uh, this idea that a Balmum can't serve in the Sanhedrin. Vaiter. Call me Anyone whose fathers were known to be the Shotre Rabbim. So they can't, uh, they, you don't have to check it into the Yuchus any further. Really? That means they, they never had possible people serving? Or minimum, I call even a mamzer is allowed to serve as uh, on a basin of dine mamunus. So, uh, so you can, it, it's a riot of the yichus if someone is an officer. Some rabbi Yerushalayim. No, we're talking about in Yerushalayim where they were much more careful about. Uh, they wouldn't allow a mamzer to serve on a basin of dine mamunus in Yerushalayim. That we're talking about in Yerushalayim where it's a riot of the yichus. But if someone served in an official position as a judge or or, or an officer in any other official position outside of Yerushalayim, it's not necessarily a riot of the yichus. The and also if it's a gabay tzedakah, so you assume. That they also have good yichus. My taima. Why do? You, how do you know that a gavet stuck had good yichus? Given the mincu badi inchi. People get angry at the Gavet Stucker. They don't like him. Why? Because the Gavet Stucker would come in an Erev Shabbos and he would confiscate their money. He would take away their stuff and uh, in order to, uh, to, to fill the, the Tzedakah quota. And people are, in, are busy on Erev Shabbos and they don't like that he comes in and takes away their stuff anyway. So they always fight with him. So if there was anything to say about him, it would have been said already and everyone would know about it because people are always picking on the Gavet Stucker. So that's why we know that he must have, he must have been a a miyuchas. The Gavit Tzedakah must be a, a miyuchas. This relates, of course, to the issue of Kofen al Tzedakah. The Gemara in Babasha, I think it's Tavchesim Beis, where that you can force someone to give Tzedakah, even though it's a mitzvah, Shamatan Tzchara Betzida, generally is ain't Kofen, but you're allowed to be Kofen Tzedakah. So the Tosas of there discusses why you're allowed to force someone, why the Gavit Tzedakah has the right to force somebody for the mitzvah of Tzedakah. Okay, anyway, Vaiter. Ushpa Zichme de Ravada Barava Giurahava. The host of Ravada Barava was a Ger. And the hosts of Ravada Barava and Ravibi were fighting. It was a mayoral campaign. They, were, they both wanted to be the mayor of the city. So, they came to Rav Yosef. We have a passage that says you can appoint a king from Keravachecha, meaning, any appointment has to be from Keravachecha, cannot be from Gerim. So a Ger is automatically disqualified from any appointment, any 
any official appointment. says, but wait a second, this guy's mother's a Jew. His father's a Ger. So he has some Geras lineage. But he was he's a born Jew, his mother's a Jew. So is that that also counts? You can't make him uh, you can't give him a position. So Oh, that's okay. If his mother's a Jew, that's fine. So they said, okay, so we should split the job. Rav Bibi is the Tamil Chacham, so let him deal with the spiritual welfare of the community. This uh, Ger, who's a uh, good guy, he's not a Tamil Chacham, but he's, uh, he's an organized person, let him deal with the political welfare of the, uh, of the community. So you see from here that if you host rabbis and you get them on your side, it's going to be very good for you. When, uh, when the going gets tough, they'll come up with a good argument to defend you. Just like Ravad Barava was able to defend this guy. They both worked with Gerim. In Marava, in Eretzal, they wouldn't even allow a Ger to serve as the head of the measurements, as the guy who's in charge of the measurements. And in Arda, they wouldn't even allow the Ger to be in charge of the irrigation system of the, uh, of the, of the local town. Uh, the, uh, the, the, there's a major discussion in the postkim what exactly is considered a position of strata that a ger is not allowed to be appointed to. Rav Moshe has a tshuva because a woman's also not allowed to be appointed to a position of strata. So Rav Moshe has a tshuva about a woman being a mashkiach and he says that is strata, that is a problem. And he has a tshuva about a ger being a rosh shiva and he says that's not a problem, that a ger is allowed to be a rosh shiva. How do you make, how do the two work? Uh, mashkiach is on so much of a lower level, not a mashkiach in yeshiva. Mashkiach in a food establishment. On so much of a lower level, they get pushed around. Some, it's, not, it's a much less honorable job than being a Rosh Yeshiva. He says, because the mashkiach works against the balabatim. He can shut them down and he can, he's working to look out over them. The Rosh Yeshiva is looking to educate. His primary job is to work for the balabatim. And you don't have to, you don't have to go to his yeshiva if you don't want. So yeah, you could throw a kid out. But you don't have to go to his yeshiva if you want. His primary job is to educate. And therefore, it's not considered a position of strata. Okay, pick up tomorrow from there.